up, bitches! <laughs> said something that no one's ever said before when I was looking at some of your past interviews. Oh, really? What was you that? You moved from Canada to Cleveland and all your dreams came true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which uh, When did I say that? No. <laughs> when did I? I think it was the Great Culture interview. Oh, okay. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. But yeah, uh, that's how I... Well, I originally found you from Stephanie Haney when you talked to her. Because ah, Stephanie's a past guest. Okay. So I follow a lot of... I thought of what, you would have known me because of Lauren. Well, I do. Okay. But... Originally, I had seen your, I'd seen your, because again, like Stephanie used to be a guest, great culture that you're talking about, he's a guest. So I follow what everyone does. I think I originally saw probably six months ago that one with Stephanie. Yeah. But then I think Lauren and I, because Lauren, I've seen her three times in the last month. Um, and I'd love her to death. Because I always see her on your page or your stories. Yeah, and she I was just like, keeps coming over. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, look, it's Lauren. And so then I was like, okay. I like know someone who knows yeah, yeah, yeah. the podcast. You know what I mean? Like yeah, this yeah. connection. So I was like, oh, that's maybe how he found out about me. I think, th well, then I think I had mentioned just some people, because she's always like, who are you thinking about or talking to? I'm like, oh, I'm talking to these people. And I think after one of my last podcasts for her, when she came over, then she was like, oh, yeah, you should. She's great. Yeah. So, but then, yeah, I saw we kind of know. I've had enough of these and had enough guests. I where feel like you would have met a lot of people that every, might have known me individually. Yeah. Yes, like we know some of the same people or follow some mm -hmm. of the same. That's why I meet a lot of new people now. Is you know someone will get done and they'll be like you know you should talk to this yeah. and they'll give me like three. I feel names. like Cleveland is big but small. Yeah, everyone kind of knows yes. everyone. It's it's yeah yeah. I mean, there's a couple hundred thousand people here, but it's yeah. There's in know, the creative industry. Oh you yeah, kind of for know sure. everyone. Yeah. Now. It's a uh, it's it's amazing some of the people that I do like Lauren who just kind of knows a lot of people yeah and you know we'll just be sitting there and I'm like oh I, this is a past guy she's like yeah I know them we're friends like they've all kind of collaborated especially again in that kind of field too yeah yeah um, but yeah I remember I was like wow that needs to be a bumper sticker <laughs> I moved to Cleveland and all my dreams came true or all my wildest dreams something to that effect yeah, yeah, something yeah. where I, I was like no one's ever said that yeah that's right I I don't think I've ever heard anyone else say that other than me probably no. Definitely not. It yeah. is you. You are the only one. <laughs> so go ahead and trademark that, and you can yeah. put that on your website. That'll might. get you some work. I'm glad you like Cleveland. Yeah, I do. I've I've definitely um, gotten used to it. Yeah. I think it takes a while. But you got to find. You know, you got to go in, do your research, find the right people, and explore a bit more, and then you come to the terms with the fact that oh yeah, I do. You know. Yeah. See myself here. It's a especially because you're from Toronto yeah. originally, yeah. which is obviously significantly so bigger. Yeah. It's 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 different in every. Every, yeah, way. a lot of people like ask me like, oh, how do you feel or how do you compare? And I'm like, you can't compare. It's like comparing, yeah. like, can you compare Cleveland and New York or Cleveland and Chicago? Like I can compare Toronto to New York. I think that's the most similar. But like to Cleveland, it would be unfair. Like it's just everything is so different. Yeah, I mean, th it has it, all those cities. Like it has things that those cities have. It, it is a really good food and drink scene. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, the, the sheer magnitude and size of it. Exactly, we were joking yeah. around like I can clear four neighborhoods in Cleveland in 20 minutes. Oh, easy. In Toronto, you can't hour. even do one. No, <laughs> my God. I'd get from like my parents' home maybe 
down to two blocks in 20 minutes with all the traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone walks, even when it's cold, because mm-hmm. like it's just it's not worth having a car. We're here. Yeah. Everyone's like, why would I walk when know, I can to drive the restaurant <laughs> down the street? I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. Um, Amen. Ali is here. Uh, as I mentioned, I saw you on Stephanie Haney, and then eventually I saw you on a bunch of others, kicking it with Kenny. Yes. You've been, uh, I've been around. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's awesome. I'm <laughs> glad you. that. I, it, that's a, I think Cleveland's really good about that, too. Yeah. They really like to kind of prop up its people. We'll yes. even claim people that aren't from here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like MGK's not from here. Like, I don't know if you knew that. He moved here I, when he was like 15. Oh, where did he come from? I think Houston. <laughs> no way. I always, I, I just assumed he was from Cleveland because everybody just like. No, he does too. And I didn't okay. know that until like a couple months ago. And someone's like, I don't understand. He moved here when he was like 14 or 15. I'm like, oh, that, uh, yeah, he's not, if that's accurate. The branding is on point for him being from Cleveland. Oh, though. yeah, it works. And if he wants to claim us and prop us up, cool. Absolutely. He's right. bringing businesses and eyes here. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, so you moved here. When did, how like how long? You're relatively new. Uh, like 2018, five years now. Yeah, so that's still, yeah. I, I would still say it's new. There's still like times people say like certain things, and I'm like, what? What is that? Where? Well, is we that lost it? a year or two. <laughs> yeah, we're 2020. <laughs> we lost two count. years. Yeah. Yeah, so that's still relatively yeah. new. Like that's not a, a long time. Yeah. Uh, especially with a, uh, um kind of what you do because yeah. you're on the you know like the the the, uh, the fashion side I don't know what you would call yourself I, obviously I know you have your own you're the CEO of your own yeah company, I would but... say I'm just an entrepreneur okay I have a fashion business but I also have like another business that's not fashion related so I usually just say I'm a creative entrepreneur yeah okay yeah that's and I think when I was again kind of looking at some of the things that you do not in a bad way I was kind of having trouble identifying exactly what yes. you would classify yourself as not, which is a good thing it's not like the normal entrepreneurship either where it's just like you have a business and then it's like very straightforward yeah well yeah i don't know like you kind of have to diversify nowadays especially if you're in a creative field yeah uh you have to kind of kind of keep evolving and i think especially with what you do like it or not i think that industry it seems like that industry is always evolving yeah absolutely you kind of have to understand that the changes are going to happen and you can either go with them or you can not and then be stuck where you are. So, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, any creative, some of the, some of the creatives, like, I mean, just this, like what I do, it's super saturated. So I have to kind of keep mm-hmm. trying to do new stuff and talking to new people. So, um, so you were moved here back in 2018. So how did you kind of get into like back when you were living in Toronto? Like, how did you start kind of discovering what you wanted to do, where you you know, currently ended up. Is that something you've always wanted to? Is there some people like musicians can sometimes pinpoint a moment where they're like, oh, you know what? I think that's something that I'm kind of into. It was interesting because now when I look back at it, it makes sense. Like everything I did, I'm like, oh, it all kind of led up to this point. But obviously back then I was um, actually a psychology major. So I was studying psych. Um, I really was interested in like um, fashion psych or organizational psych so to do with businesses and their people and, um, you know, the psychology of how humans behave and all of that. But Canada doesn't really have a or didn't have back then a um, like really any jobs in the industry for those specific ones. They were either in America or in England. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to move to either. So I went into developmental psych. So I actually specialized in working with children with behavioral disabilities and that's what I did I was like a behavioral therapist quote-unquote was what my job would have been and then on the side I actually fell into fashion by accident I always kind of enjoyed fashion in 
sense of like dressing and had an eye for like you know art and colors and creativity all of that growing up I never thought about it much it was just a hobby and then I joined the fashion association at my school and started like volunteering with the actual industry I like you know started this was way back when like Instagram was just about to start and Facebook was still a thing so I would just like Facebook message designers and be like hey like do you need a volunteer for your show and they'd be like yeah come on out and um I kind of snowballed like I ended up volunteering on different teams people started noticing me because I looked a certain way and I was the only person who looked the way I did in the industry at that time and so I ended up being on like the designer teams the model teams the outreach teams social media teams and then it snowballed to where I ended up being one of the youngest producers for shows so I was producing large-scale fashion events around fashion business and technology in Toronto Montreal and Vancouver all while I was still studying psych because in my mind I was like yeah I'm gonna like work at this kid's hospital that I had my eye on and that's gonna be my full-time job and I just really happened to like fashion and um, now I'm kind of getting paid for it and I'm you know working in it and I love it it's like a great like I don't know what you can say like way to distress from all the heavy stuff in psych um but that's kind of Ooh, how it started. That too. Yeah, talk about needing a way to. Yeah, it gets really sad when you're from it, yeah. working with, you know, children and yeah, of course, like things like that. So it was a great like outlet for me to just be creative and kind of, you know, do things that were not super heavy. <laughs> um, so that's how I kind of actually started into it. It was really just a, a bit of an accident, I guess, um, a strategic accident, and then I because I got to experience all the different parts of fashion i realized what i really liked yeah and i realized oh i really like producing events and being a creative director for editorials and shoots and bringing people together and bringing teams together and that kind of just continued even after i graduated um and they both like you know me and psych and me and fashion just both continuously were growing and i got to a point where i'm like huh i guess i could do both of them and never thought about just doing fashion do they relate to each other? I want to say, yeah, a lot, actually, because I would say if I hadn't done my like background in psychology, maybe I would not have been as understanding of people. I feel like especially in fashion, it's all about people, their egos, you know, how we That's perceive what I yeah. yeah, how we perceive ourselves and others and how we work. And now that I do work with like you know, a lot of teams, a lot of models, designers, creatives, there's so many people, I think it really helps me understand, like, what kind of people work well together, like, usually right off the bat, when I meet someone, I know exactly what kind of person I think they are, and how I think they would communicate, or who they would work well with, and usually I'm pretty good at that, especially in my teams, I like to say that I can pick, like, five strangers, and and they'll be, like, a great team, like, I, I feel like that came from the whole, like, learning the psych and understanding, you know, just. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of why I asked that, because the it's a you talk about any industry, any creative industry, any competitive creative industry mm-hmm. in an industry that I mean, outside looking in, I know it's a lot of hard work, but it just looks cool. It, yeah, it's it something looks fun. that people yeah. want to do. Yeah, exactly. So c- something like that comes can come with attitude a little mm-hmm. bit more a lot more stress a lot more but i mean that's a and, and then you know kind of dealing like on the psychological side with you know i don't want to call them behavioral issues but maybe like behavioral anomalies that yeah. maybe Just people like me on the day-to-day personalities aren't used to seeing. yes yes so you're probably going to see that and that's not relegated to fashion that's 
you know, Humans. anyone that's kind of in a different realm. Like when you think about, we're in Cleveland, we were talking about people from the, talk about LeBron James. You, we, I, I can't grasp what a mental day for that guy looks like. How he manages his stress. I, I don't, I don't know. Wild. I, yeah. I truly, I truly do not. He can't tweet out a picture of a burger without someone saying, why do you hate chicken? <laughs> you know, like it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's that, like the kind yeah. of scrutiny that comes with something like that and what, in uh, and, and being active on social media, like that's the first thing I'd be like, I give me a flip phone. I didn't want to be on the <laughs> internet, but I mean, having to kind of deal with something like that. And that's why I am, I ask, but I'm not surprised that they can relate. And it's weird how things like that you think are completely different can actually benefit you yeah. when dealing with They're another. actually a lot more like interwined than a lot of people think, you know, yeah. especially when you're dealing with how people take stress because fashion is a very stressful industry, mm. I feel, how they manage their perception of themselves versus others. You know, there's just so much that relates oh, yeah. to psychology. There's a it. lot of moving pieces to a personality that wants to get into something yeah. that has that many moving parts and that mm -hmm. many kind of different types of personalities. Yeah. I think it's a lot more moving parts than a lot of people realize. Like you said, on the top, it looks very fun and, you know, they want to yeah. do it and then they get into it and they're like, whoa. Uh, think about how cool, like, and like, like when you talk about like events and things like that. Yeah. The thing that I've always taught to like a lot of people here that put on shows and things like that is most of us take those things for granted. So like mm -hmm. if you're listening to, like if you're watching a movie mm -hmm. and uh, everything's fine, the movie's fine, the color's fine, the picture's fine, you don't notice it. But what you notice is when some, one of those little things are off that you're used to working. So if the sound's off, you're like, why is the sound? Yeah. So all of a sudden, the thing that you're used to just having given to you. It like stands ease, out. Yeah. Now it stands out when it's bad. When it's good, you don't notice it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot that goes into something like that. Again, something simple. Yeah. So that looks simple to, yeah. to people like it me. It takes a lot of effort to make it look so simple. <laughs> exactly. It's really hard work to make something look effortless. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned something kind of uh, back when you were getting started. Cause I, I mean, you're in your, cause you were still in school when you really kind of, yeah. when you essentially your escape started becoming the thing that you're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, but you were talking about uh, people in the industry, not really, not as many looking like you or kind of like with your background. Mm -hmm. And for me, I've been to Toronto. I've been to the area. That's if you had said that here, I wouldn't be surprised. But up in Canada, yeah. I am a little bit more surprised. Yeah, because it's way more diverse. It's so diverse, and it's the thing is in Canada, I've never been the person or the representative, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I never stood out. It's so diverse as I did when I moved to Cleveland. I definitely did in the beginning. But back then, when I was a student, and like this was before the fashion industry really like exploded or really got to where it was today. It was still smaller and there just weren't a lot of people that looked like me that were going out of their way to work in it, right? Or maybe had the confidence to be like, I will be able to work in an industry like backstage with models and designers. And um, now when I look at the Toronto industry, it's like amazing. I see a lot of other women that look like me. But, yeah. you know, obviously I started when I was much younger. So this is like a good over 10 years ago now. Um, there really wasn't. And that is kind of... Um, how it worked out for me because a lot of people remembered me and they would um, remember me because of the fact that like, oh, okay, I wear a oh, hijab and she awesome. stands out. They're like, oh yeah, I remember I saw you at that other show or I saw you working with that designer and I'd be like, yeah, that was me and I kind of like, you know, it was me. So it was interesting because there was like, I want to say it was still a diverse industry. It's just, there were, obviously it was still lacking a little bit of diversity in certain aspects, but it was also still quite young, I want to say. Not, yeah, as young as it 
might sound, but it was still like there was a lot. Like after that, once I joined, that's when a lot of new fashion week started. People started doing things, events like just like now those events are celebrating like their 10th year anniversary kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Those are, you know, maybe if it's like a smaller, if it's not as visible, maybe not as many people Mm -hmm. know about it. It's not maybe it's not necessarily always. It's also an intimidating industry. Oh, yeah. To people who um, have not seen themselves represented in it. Right. Okay. That's maybe that's where it was. Um, the lack of, I guess, representation for someone like me, because a lot of us maybe didn't think we could work in it where I was kind of that young person that had a lot of confidence. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to just do this thing. I'm just going to ask them whatever they might say. No, but like, I'm just going to ask. Right. That was always my thing. And I, I did the thing. Right. I was never worried that, oh, well, I don't have a fashion background. Like I never thought about that. I don't know. I just never thought that they'll say no because I don't have a fashion background. I don't work in the industry or don't look like them. I was just kind of like, well, do they want free help or not? You know, uh. <laughs> like my mindset was a little different now that I think about it. Um, and it kind of worked out. And now I feel like <laughs> unpaid interns will never go out of stock. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that was what I was. That was my like selling point. I was like, yo, you want help? I got two other friends that would love to come volunteer. Yeah. Um, obviously, now they're more organized and stuff. But back sure. then it was like, yeah, that's sure. A good in, though. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. I didn't think about, oh, I don't look the part. And maybe that's what helped um, because now it's nice to see other women as well and be like, OK, you know. Now we're really like there's other people and now people can like younger girls and whatever it may be might look and be like, oh, like I do see someone like me working in the industry. I might go and try. Yeah. And then that can and uh, probably in a good way uh, that you didn't kind of notice it that way. You're like, I just you know, hustle and yeah. hustle and I just want to get in. Everybody was diverse anyways. I was yeah, like, OK, now there's like, this is what someone you like me. Do, and maybe someone else that maybe yeah. is a little bit more, you know hesitant to do it Mm -hmm. now they see somebody that they can more relate to even though if they don't know them yeah and then that can kind of give them maybe that extra push to get in there Mm -hmm. because like everything that we've said it's a very it's competitive it's wild it's very very crazy the hours are probably nuts which is why no of course they're not going to turn down free help yeah but it's funny when you do that when you start offering all of a sudden you're building up a resume whether and almost like an underground resume that no one's even paying attention to and then all of a sudden you're you can be considered a go-to person yeah. or they're like well what experience do you have like well i've been you know you yeah. i haven't been being paid but they don't need to know that like i've worked That's, 10 15 20 shows mm-hmm. now and the thing is because a lot of the fashion weeks and the major events that were like dealing with celebrities or whatever it may have been models and designers they were so new that a lot of their team anyways was like volunteer based. Yeah. You know, like even the heads of the teams until like, let's say three or five years in, that's when they start getting paid and things like that. So either way, it was more about like who can do the work and who knows who. So for something like, cause you also mentioned uh, uh, like degrees or, or, or schooling for this. Is that also, has that changed as well? Cause like when you think about your scenario, there are obviously there's going to be jobs that you have to have a degree in. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to I I can't just be an engineer. I can't yes. just be a chemist. Some you do. But there's also some where I think experience is always going to trump a degree because experience mm. is, you know, kind of boots on the ground. You've actually already lived it when maybe someone that has the quote unquote desired degree has never actually set foot and done these in real life. Yeah, I think that's where it helped me. Okay. Um, but there are, obviously, there are some great fashion programs out there, whether it comes to marketing, PR, yeah. merchandise, designers. Like, if you're actually into actual design, I wasn't. I was more like, you know, PR, marketing, into that kind of stuff. But truly, yeah, the, the experience trumps sometimes because you're living what they're learning anyways. 
you know, and I've, yeah. I've seen people go back and do the schooling just for the sake of having the degree, right? For when you want to apply to like a more corporate fashion job, then that's where you would probably need that. Whereas I was in the more like entrepreneurial creative side of it, where it was more like, you know, people knew me, they knew my experience, they had seen me. So I was able to like, let's say, get the position because of that, because I was stronger on that end. Yeah. Right. And then eventually I was the one that was like looking at who they were hiring out of the fashion schools. And then you're also like when you're at these shows, you're probably doing you're not necessarily getting work in the show to do one thing. You're basically you're networking do anything. Yeah. And you might just see 10 different facets of the behind the scenes. Yep. And then you're like, oh, OK, that's the way I want to go. Or I want to go in the way of these three. I know I don't want these yeah. two or anything like that. So then maybe, you know, maybe a degree is down the line or maybe you're like, maybe I don't need exactly, one at yeah. all. So a lot of people, like, when they think fashion, they just think, oh, like, you're a designer, you design clothes. I'm like, no, I'm not a designer. I don't want to design clothes. That takes a lot of hard work and a lot of effort, and that's just not where my mindset was. But when I saw, like, okay, the teams that are actually putting on the shows, they're doing the event logistics, they're doing the outreach, dealing with the sponsors, taking care of the models, and the designers that are dealing with the people, like, that was me where I was like, oh, I like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what I thrived in. That's what I did well in, right? And... um I mean, if I ever back then thought like I, that fashion was going to be such a big thing for me, maybe I would have considered getting a degree and going into like upper level, like management in like PR. Like, you know, that's the thing. Some people want to do that. Some people want to stay on the creative side. Some people want more like of a corporate creative job. So it really depends. So is that more, would you say then you're a producer, I guess? I'm, yeah. I'm liking it to something that yeah. I can maybe that I can. Maybe yeah, I would say it would be like a creative director or producer. So it's like, okay, it's a, it's very similar to event planning, but we're not exactly just event planning because there's just so much that goes on, you know? So yeah. like, I mean, for me, part of being an entrepreneur, I do produce events, but then I also do creative direction for like photo shoots, but I also work with clients on social media and marketing. So it's like a little bit of everything when it comes to me personally, but yeah, you could say producer. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking a producer almost like a, like you're really directing track. Basically, if there's a problem here, 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 it's probably going to directly or indirectly be Absolutely. decided and fixed by you. Yes. Yeah. So you're you're, for lack of a better term, you're kind of just like an air traffic controller in the most stressful yes, environment ever. absolutely. Yeah, that's correct. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the, the actual term is. I was thinking about somebody like on a movie set that's like, what? No, no, there, and then this. Make sure that's done. Yeah. That's not till five. Tell them to leave. It's truly like a, a startup entrepreneur. Whatever the startup may be, you're kind of dealing with a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. Like you're part of social media, marketing, PR. You're the one putting out the fires because it's your business. So it's, it's really like that, but just add a little bit of fashion and creative, you know, yeah. spark into it when did do you remember when you kind of first did your own like on your own where you kind of stepped into the i don't know whatever you, i guess when you want to step into like the, the the big shoes to kind of run your own show here in cleveland or was cleveland your first one well yes technically i guess it was because in toronto i had done a lot of large shows but i was always working with somebody else okay like um uh, you know i was on their teams or i was like yeah i might have been like the producer for the runway show but it was still someone else's show you know it was never 110 percent mine so the first time i did something that was like 100 percent mine was in cleveland okay um and that was the first show i ever did here um three years ago so that was a turning point because yes, I had like worked behind the scenes and I had done all of the things, but I had never been the person. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I was not responsible if things went wrong. And this was the first time where I was like, Oh, 
It's all on you. Yeah. Who are these teams supposed to communicate with? Me. Who's supposed to tell them what to do? Me. Who's putting them together? Me. Who's doing this? Me. Who's, you know, usually I was like, I had my role and I did my role. And then there was the founder or the person who was, you know, sponsoring the show and whatever it was, I would go to them and make sure everything was good and do yeah, my work. You're in that right? shared Google Doc and you're like, shit, my yes. name's on all these. Now <laughs> I'm the one who has to make the Google Doc yes. and send it out. And then I'm like, oh, if I don't make the Google Doc... <laughs> we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we get into your first show, because I didn't, your first one was in Cleveland, I want to talk about your, so the decision to move from Toronto to, to Cleveland, because if people do that, it's usually because they're in trouble with the law. <laughs> so I'm assuming you're not and you're, you're, you're free and clear. Uh, so how, like, how did this come up? How did you end up here? Um, I, I don't think a lot of people know this, but sometimes if you hear me talk, you might hear me say it. Um, so I actually moved because I got married. My husband was living in and is, well, we're still obviously living in Cleveland, but um, I decided to do the move because I felt like I knew Toronto enough. I'd lived there my whole life. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll like go somewhere for, you know, a fresh outlook. Obviously should have done my research, but I didn't, which is fine. Still would have ended up here. So yeah, I did the move and I got to Cleveland and I was like, oh, I've never been here before. I should. I don't know anything about Cleveland. I sh- should probably start doing some research after it's like I got a here. Culture or a lack of culture shock? Yeah, it, it was a complete culture <laughs> shock for me. <laughs> um, it was just very interesting. Like I got here and I was like, "Wow, there's a lot of hospitals." Yeah, you know, like everywhere. Like if you're, well, we have I don't, a lot of crime. So um, <laughs> it's, it's you don't know. I don't think now I don't notice it. But as someone who's new, every corner I was like. Why is there another hospital? <laughs> Which worked for me. I worked in a hospital for a while. Yeah, you, you know, and you know what mine was when all the times I would go. It took me like three trips to Canada to figure this out. What? When I would go into Toronto, I remember walking around. I'm like, again, why is everything so different? It just it's different. Like I understand these are cars and buildings. I get it, mm-hmm. but there were just things that I didn't understand. There were there was what? a couple. One, everyone's just much nicer. Oh, the the not that everyone's here is just like you know you know, telling you to go to hell, yeah. that happens. But at more times, f- at least three times when I was in Toronto, Toronto twice, Montreal once, a stranger walked up to me and asked me if I was lost and if I needed help. Aww. One of them walked me to the next stop where I was going. That sounds That's pretty never accurate. never happened here. <laughs> it's just there, someone's like, hey, you look you look lost. Or is, can I help you? And I'm like, I, I guess we expect more tourists there. And are more open to help. Super. Yeah, Whereas here, they're much. like, you probably live here and you just are taking your time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're just stupid or drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do remember being in a restaurant one time and they brought, and, and this was where I started realizing the differences. Again, I think more the way that Canadians viewed Americans, hmm. where this uh, the waiter brought over my food and uh, the food's always great. I've never oh, had a bad such meal a in Toronto. Such a good food scene. Such a great food scene. In everything. I don't mean and, like yeah, really everything. good steak, really, really no. good anything. Like, you That's where I really started having different types of food that I never had before. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the waiter's like, anything else? And I was like, no, this looks great. He goes, yeah, I tell you, if you can finish that, that's really impressive. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, why? And then the guy across from me who was living in Toronto goes, oh, he's from the States. And the waiter's like, oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> and we all start the laughing. Like, size? oh, they just think that we're fat idiots. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that also threw me off portion sizes that like yeah. very um, are very different. Like I know maybe now it's a little bit more normal, but like I heard that there's like a lot of larger sizing, especially in fast food. I was just like, I never, I just never realized yeah. that was an option. Um, maybe because we do have so much access to so many food options that yes. 
um, truly, I know like, yes, we have fast food and we still eat it. But I feel like a lot of people don't eat as much fast food in terms of like McDonald's, Taco Bell. Like I've never had Taco Bell until I moved here. Well, and in the city, outside of Tim Hortons, that's the thing that I would see the most of. But Yeah, you go to Timmy's. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Which is amazing, by the way. If you've oh, never been to Tim Hortons, it's great. You know, get a nice uh, cap. Don't go there a lot, but, you know. But that's it's my first. You, you don't back. even see, yeah. But you don't even see, you know. You don't see. You yeah, see you're right. them, you but it's not like it is here. You don't see them as often because no. there's so many options and there's so many like locally owned options as Very, well, and yeah. just chains that aren't here that you're like, oh, like I want to go try that new Thai place. Like why, you know? Yeah. And thing is, a lot of them are open late too, so yes, it's not like oh, true. my only option is to go to McDonald's or Taco Bell. It's like oh, that like Persian pizza place is open till like three in the morning. Let me go. I've had like full on meals, like yes. pasta at like one in the morning. Oh yeah, we went somewhere and um, my, <laughs> I told my husband it was going to be busy, and he's like, "There's no way, it's so late." We walk in, waited for twenty minutes to get in. We got in, and the couple beside us was literally having steak at like one thirty a.m. Yeah. And I told him, "I'm like, I told you, I know we're here for dessert, but I told you." <laughs> That's <laughs> he <yeah>. was shocked. <laughs> I remember getting like, I mean, that I remember getting like full, pe- like yeah. full, not like Papa John's, like. Like, like yeah, New like York dining, style, yes. beautiful, like yes. amazing. The best pizza you ever had. And it's just like a walk in, get a slice place. That, that was the other thing. And as we're talking about this, this is my other thing that I noticed. And you kind of alluded to it was uh, the people just aren't nearly as fat. <laughs> and, oh. and it's it honestly took me a couple trips. I'm like, you know what? It's in every because everyone's walking. I think everywhere. we're walking. I was going to say you we guys, walk a yeah. lot. We subway a lot even when you do drive i still think there's a lot of activity i think that's what it is there's a lot more activity in the sense and this is a major difference i noticed is that canadians do a lot more for leisure as compared to the americans so what i noticed is in america a lot of people work a lot and then when they get their like vacation or break they might not take it as much or they not might not get as many whereas in canada we have a lot of okay every month there's a long weekend i don't think there's a single month without a long weekend in canada i think there was one and they made like family day and they're like this is our like break for (laughs) this random i think it was april or something this is the month we didn't have yeah so like here you guys go family day long weekend right so i think there's a lot of like leisure things to do in terms of like entertainment mall family related community related where people really get out there and they walk Mm -hmm. or they move around especially in winter whereas in cleveland you're kind of stuck and then you're in the car you get out of the car you sit down you get back in the car you know it's very very stationary no it is in like in here we don't get it's not as cold but we do get a ton more snow you get snowed in so we have the cold and then yeah. we have the snow, which is a nuisance, and we kind of just give up for a couple yeah. of months. But that's but the, that is another thing where we're a lot more sedentary, especially in places like higher, like Midwest, uh, yeah, uh, in the Midwest and yeah. in the North because of that. That's a, that was a huge lifestyle change for me because I was I've never been a fan of driving. I just like you know you talked about going to Montreal. I would take the bus, just yeah. get on the go train, get like it was never really a driving thing. And then when I moved to Cleveland, I realized oh like. I'm going to do that hour drive. Like, wow. Like, you know, it was just a change. And and we should also clarify too, for anyone that's listening, when we're talking about the trains and the bus, it's not what you're thinking about the few trains and buses we have here. The trains are amazing. They're very, very comfortable. They're very clean. Honestly, I preferred them. Yeah, they were, they were faster. They're easier. They were faster than me. It was actually faster for me a lot of times Mm -hmm. to go to Toronto and take the train to Montreal versus going through oh, customs and all the, that. Or, yeah, it's it's yeah. way, it's easier and it's cooler because you have Wi-Fi. And this was 
10 years ago yeah. that I was doing this. Yeah. Like they've had, it's, this isn't like a new development. Mm-hmm. You've had this for a long time. You have your own, you know, you have your own plugs, your own everything. So you can charge your laptop. Yeah. I work the entire time. So I, I didn't lose. And that's how people that live outside the city, I think a lot of them, it's and very their bosses, convenient. That's part of the work. Yep. So they get on the train at eight and they're working. That's part of the work day. It's not yes. when they get there. Mm-hmm. So then they leave at four. So it's still like, like a nine to five ish, whatever. But it's just a comfortable ride. It's clean. I yeah, think a lot great. of people, might not understand it unless they like maybe look it up or like really no, watch yeah. a video you or something. Yeah, yeah, you, you you have to see it because anyone that's ever been on like a Cleveland City bus, you're like, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's don't not do that. that. <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. Um, but yeah, then you so you come here and and I, I completely understand what you. Said. I mean, there are other cities in the U.S. that I've been to where I'm like, oh, that's weird. You know, like even city by city, because yeah. our states are different. So different, yeah. So so different. Like parts of Ohio, like you know, you're, we're in Cleveland, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, and then you know you maybe throw in Akron and Toledo. The rest of the state is like yeah. grass and corn. I was just gonna say it's, it's farmland. It's, right? it's very rural. Yeah, it really, really is. And even just within Ohio, places are different. And then obviously outside of hockey, we, you guys don't have the same thing that we do in terms of that. We're a little. And by that I mean a lot overboard in terms of, and I remember in your in your great talk, you're like, I'm just not into sports. <laughs> it, that was it, I couldn't believe how into it people were. Like, I, okay, I know Canadians love their hockey. They do, and I have friends and people that I know that are like into it, right? And I get it, but like, wow, like Cleveland, or maybe it's like an American thing. I don't know. I just maybe because I'm also not into sports, but. It's a whole thing here. It's very different. It's very like it's a it's it's a whole thing. Like I don't even know. Well, and that that kind of goes to, like what I mentioned about like cities and states are mm-hmm. different. So transplant play, like California and New York, it's different because are they into no one's really as much? Well, they are, but no one's from there. So uh, like in California, no one's so many people aren't from California that are in mm. California. So you don't have it like it is here or in places like Philly or Boston. Yes. Okay. You know, th- those are, you know, three sport and by three, like, you know, basketball, baseball, football, yeah. Atlanta's another one. Uh, they're, they're, they're hardcore about their, their city and their town. People grow up there and they stay there. And most people are from yeah. there, so they really get behind it. But other places, New York obviously has a, a pretty rabid fan base, but still them, you know, they have the Mets and the Yankees that, you know, Chicago is too, it's just not like it is in other cities. So some yeah. of them are very, very different and others don't care at all. Uh, you know, you go to some States, they have nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah, the Canadians are definitely as into hockey. The ones that are into it, into it, like the Clevelanders are into their sports, but overall, like, I also feel like cause Cleveland is a midsize city and now you have, and it's like so much of that yeah. city is into sports. It's, it really makes a difference. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's very like your first, like your first, uh, like, you know, experience with, you know, a Brown season is different. And <laughs> yeah. for here, and this is even more, probably the most unique one that you could have gone to in terms of sports and football. Cause we have such a history of sucking at sports <laughs> that we make documentaries about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Browns in particular, like there's probably, there are three or four teams, NFL teams that are, that are very rabid. The Browns are one. Buffalo Bills are another one. They call themselves the Bills Mafia. They're, they're insane. Oh, right. Um, but you know, it just, it is different in terms of that. So coming here is coming to a city like this, like that is very, very different. Yeah. yeah. I recently, well, not recently, but I have a, a friend, um, that her and her husband moved here because of the sports scene. And I, oh yeah. It's huge. I just, yeah, I just like that's just not something I 
I understood. But then I was like, okay, I guess so. I guess that's a, like, it makes sense. I mean, if if you move here, like if you move here just because you just love sports, that that's cool. I like sports, but I, I really like the social aspect of it. Mm. I love going to the Guardians games. I've We never buy seats. We just buy the hangout tickets in the outfield, and oh, okay. you know the, the, all the stadiums have really built up with like really good yeah, cocktails great. and drinks, and the food's amazing now too. Like their their place, their place is like the Giant Stadium in San Francisco. I mean, they can open that place when there isn't a game. There's so much cool stuff in there. It's just they do that. Like I, you know, I like going to the Browns game. It's fun, but win or lose, I'm fine at the end of the game. Like mm. I, I'm not that crazy about it but i do like the social stuff it's a big it's a big social thing i think it's a big thing for us all just to get together and yeah. hang out too i think it's definitely more of a social thing for a lot of people yeah for sure oh yeah i think it is too we like to root for it most of us really don't <laughs> care at the end of it but yeah some people take it way too soon it's i i kind of just avoid downtown on sundays especially mm-hmm. as i've gotten older i'm like it's not worth it <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have a brown jersey yet no. No. <laughs> I'm trying to think. No, I I wore I just wear the colors, but like yeah, I that's try. Fine. That's fine. Just don't wear opposing team shirts, yeah. or you'll be fine. That that's it. So you move it. So what what was the first thing? I saw like you know the sports, like all the kind of I think like surface stuff that I think we all see the sports, the the food, obviously the weather. But what were some of the things that you noticed about Cleveland that maybe you weren't expecting? Um, I didn't know it was going to be so much nature. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, we have a lot of nature, especially having, I mean, I come from a big city that's like a concrete jungle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I uh, am not used to seeing so much greenery and the trees and the the parks that we have. Like, we have great metro parks. Amazing. And that's just not something in Toronto that you see unless you go further out. And you got to really travel. You got to really drive a bit. But um, we have it, but it's just not like Cleveland. Like, it's just not right there right so that was definitely a a little bit of a shock like sometimes still when i'm driving in the summer i'll just be like wow like this is such a beautiful drive and it's just you know you're just going somewhere normal so i think that for me um was kind of like i was shocked and then also just uh there's a lot of young business owners Mm, in the city i just didn't expect that because again coming from a big city a lot of like the people who own the boutiques or own the services the agencies they were a lot older a lot older right um, and I'm meeting people here who are like, I'm like meeting the people behind the business and they're young, you know, there's a lot, a lot. And that was surprising for me. And that was kind of cool. I've met a lot, uh, restaurant and bar for sure. There's a lot yes. of people that are significantly younger than you would think. Yes. But a yeah. lot of them are like, you know, maybe 30 years old, but they've Absolutely. been it kind of like what you were talking about in terms of like just kind of like working those shows. They've worked every aspect. Like they, they've been in the restaurant bar industry, for 10, 15 years already by the time they're 30. So they understand every facet of, you know, kind of like the customer experience and like all those things. So some of them kind of transition kind of easy into it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are, are just, you know, they're just, they don't view that as like, that's a hard job, you know, like, yes, like bartending, it's, waiting it's, tables. It's a rough gig. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's thankless. You can definitely make I good say money. Having a restaurant is probably one of the harder businesses to start. Oh, yeah. And plus the margins on like the success yeah. rates, you know. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, I think in Cleveland, I do think this is, I'm sure, I'm sure other places like this too, but Cleveland really gets behind those two. Like we will super, super support the places that we love. Yes. And uh, like Lakewood, where I live, it's a lot of this is individually yes. small owned shops, a lot of restaurants, women too. bars. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Tons, tons. That, that was the most surprising part because... 
I was so used to all the businesses being owned by like older, elder, you know, uh, women and men, much older. Yeah. Um, but to think someone around my age was owning a business. Um, yeah, I was trying to do it, but like I just hadn't met as many others, you know, so that was kind of really interesting. Is I feel like being a bigger city, it's got to be kind of hard to get something going in Toronto. Uh, maybe just startup costs alone. Yeah, it's that alone. Like, there's a lot of support from the city. Yeah, but it is definitely harder. Yeah, I can. It's I, like I can easy, there's pros and cons, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But for definitely, sure. when you come to, when it comes to costs, like, oh my gosh, yeah, real estate is wild. So you can't even think about that. Yeah. Well, when oh wait, when you moved here, were you driving? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. I, <laughs> so you can, uh, if you didn't know, you can actually drive on a Canadian driver's license. Uh, oh, no. Yes, so I, I can uh, in America I can drive on a Canadian driver's license. The only issue is, which makes me so mad, um, is that it doesn't convert. So when I had to go get my ID, I had to redo everything. Oh, and I'm like, why would you allow me to drive on mine, but you won't convert it? Which also doesn't make sense because a lot of Americans don't know this, but the Canadian driving test and the way we get our license is a lot harder. We go through more things than oh, the americans ours is like pass fail and like legos it's yeah so you guys do a written and then you do a drive like just a driving test right yeah we do a written and then um we do a road test then you have to wait a year and then you do a highway test oh yeah and we have <laughs> to do a whole like uphill downhill parking par- like there is so it is intense like if you pass on your first try, that's a like that's a miracle in Canada. Here, y'all, you guys don't have to do half of that. And I was like, wait, so you won't convert my license, but I have to redo my whole thing. So, anyways, had to redo it. But I mean, yeah, I have my license. Oh yeah, on I remember being like sixteen, and like doing like my they just call it like your hours where you would have to drive like nine hours with somebody in the car with you. He's like, all right, let's get on seventy seven. I'm like, should we do that? All right, whatever. And yeah, and the highways here, or well, the freeways, as we call them here, are also very different than ours yes. over there. So yeah, there's just a big difference. Those and, ones also very yeah. much vary by city as yeah. well. Uh, some of them are, New York is... Wild. New yeah. York is, <laughs> it's just dangerous. I don't care. There's I, no other way to call I drive it. in New York and I prefer it because it reminds me of Toronto because yeah. that's the driving I'm used to. And then in Cleveland, yeah. I'm like, yeah, Toronto. we got people to, we got people, we got places to be. Let's move. Toronto does have, it's, that is the one thing that, yeah. that. It does have. I think most big cities are like yeah. that. Like it's the downtown is just gridlock. Impatience. Everyone. No one's using a turn signal. Like that mm-hmm. doesn't happen here. It's a yeah. lot more chill here. Yeah. Um, I was just because you were talking about because you know always walking. I was like, oh my god, did yeah? Did I, you honestly, even have a license? I didn't. I had it, but I didn't really use it. Yeah. Until I got here. Yeah, I don't know uh, if I could if I did not drive for like a long time, like a couple years. I, I think I'd be afraid to get behind the wheel. I don't, I don't think know. I ever really drove in Toronto. Like maybe That's a crazy. few times. <laughs> but also like, you know, I had friends and family that we would just go together. It was never me just driving yeah. alone. Whereas in Cleveland, I, it's just yeah. me driving to every part of the city. <laughs> That's got, that's got to be much harder. Like I, we, we, you can go, you can go from driving to not driving, but not driving to driving, like as an adult. But I guess it was it was an easier transition because there's not a lot of traffic. It's pretty true, calm. Yeah. It's like a very calm drive, right? Yeah. Um, I you, had driven in like downtown Toronto, so I had done like the crazy, right? You know what I mean? So yeah. I guess in that sense, I was like, okay, like I just, I'll get used to it. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. If you went from not driving to 
you know, like the traffic, like in, in LA County, yeah. that's different. That would like, have been different. This yeah. is a nice little, this is a good this way is a to good ease transition, into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you move here. So what did you notice? Like, so you start, you, I, I know you moved here, you know, uh, uh, due to your relationship, but you wanted to keep doing what you were doing. So now you're kind of looking to kind of put up roots. Like, did you have any contacts here? Any at all? No, none. Not okay. a single person. So you're going in that cold again. Yeah, fully. Like I, I'm, that's what I'm telling you. I moved here and I realized, oh my God, like other than my immediate family, which was like three people in Cleveland, I knew not a single soul. Um, I didn't have friends. Obviously, I didn't have coworkers because I wasn't working. I couldn't work at that time in America. Right. And um, all my friends were in Canada. My family was in Canada. Like every single person and contact I knew was Canadian. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, well, is there a fashion industry or what does like I saw a lot of hospitals. So I was like, okay, I could probably work in a hospital as a behavioral therapist. Like, let me look it up. Um, and there was a lot of obviously jobs in that sense, in that field. Um, but when I looked up fashion, it was not, I don't know what I expected either. I was just kind of like, I wonder what there is right out of curiosity. And it wasn't the like elevated, um, you know, professional, not, I don't want to say un- it was unprofessional here, but it wasn't just the same level. Not as polished. Yeah. It wasn't as polished as what I had expected or what I was used to, really. There just wasn't the foundation and there wasn't the backing of the city and funding. And, you know, it just wasn't a a whole industry that was being supported in and of itself um, here. And I, you know, I remember getting here and I was Googling like Cleveland Fashion Week. Is that a thing? And it really wasn't a thing. And what I found in (laughs) Google's like no results. (laughs) There was a result. You do. You guys had a Fashion Week a few years back. But again, it just wasn't. It wasn't like a um, big production. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, it wasn't a sustainable production. And so I was like, okay, I guess they don't really have a fashion scene. Makes sense. Not a big city. It's not known for fashion. I'll work as, you know, work in a hospital as a behavioral therapist. And then that's when I like started my first business. And I, it was just like an online jewelry boutique. I just started it because I wanted something to do and I wanted to meet people like more creatives. And so that's how I would like go to pop-ups or go to events and, that was kind of my excuse to meet people because when you're not in school and when you're not working in a office, how do you meet people? Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. That's um, so that was kind of my thing. It was like, let's find events to go to. And that's how I realized there's so many young women owned businesses here. So many people are doing things like I was meeting like the owners of co-working spaces and boutiques and agencies. And I was like, Oh, you're all young. Like, that's so cool. You know? And yeah, I, I was just, yeah, we do have, and we do like the the co working spaces. A lot mm-hmm. more of those have popped up. I think, uh, I think especially, obviously since twenty twenty, people have their preferences as far as how they want to work. I, I, I used to go into an office at this rate. I don't think I'm ever going to mm-hmm. again. And I think that's the norm. And I think a lot of companies have been like, we don't I mean, want the overhead. It's great for like when you need to do meetings. Yes, but that's... some people like some like my wife. Sometimes it's just like she's like I kind of miss. She she worked with friends of hers. Like, yeah, that's develop. what I mean. Like, she's if like, you I enjoy. miss that. And mm-hmm. so, like, when every once in a while, when they all go in the meeting, just all going to work, just to work for the day, like she yeah. gets pumped about that. Yeah. She likes that. I I understand it. There's other benefits about working in the office that I did like, um, but uh, it's I don't know. I transitioned okay. It I, it doesn't bother me as much. Um, I, but yeah, she was. But some people like that. So those workspaces are really good. Some people love those. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely like that in sense of like 
those days when you just need the team to meet and you need to sit down and get through stuff. You know, it's just yeah. not the same over Zoom. That's the no, it's not yeah. at all. That is the thing that I do miss is, I mean, uh, when you can't just kind of track someone down for lack of a better term, <laughs> like, hey man, I know, I know. Let's you and I let's grab this conference room, sit in there for an hour. To, we just got to figure this like, out, man. Yeah, just. I can't, it up. I can't yeah. see another email about this shit. I can't. We exactly. got to figure this out. Like that's, that is yeah. something that I do miss because that is something that is very much lacking. Uh, it's very it's easy. It's productivity. To, yeah. Yeah. I think the productivity, I don't think that that's, I think people are still working. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say like. The, it's like the group productivity where it's like these 10 emails, we could have just talked for 10 minutes. That, yeah. And we would have been. Yeah. Done. It's not the productivity in terms of like no one's working. Yes. I don't think it's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's the efficiency is yes. probably the better way. Like group productivity, yes. I guess. Yeah. I think there's, I, I, it happened to me today, no joke, where we were talking about this one instance and I messaged one of the VPs and I was like, we've been talking about this since 730. Like Can we just get on a six call? or seven emails <laughs> about the same thing. And if you look at the last email, I still don't think we know what's happening here. Like that's stuff like that is, is something that that's yeah. frustrating, but it's also, I, I can't, there's also benefits to it yes, because, absolutely. you know, like when, when people went out of work, people now can apply anywhere in the country, yeah. even in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I, I no longer just was just looking for jobs in Cleveland. Like I, my last job, I never met anyone. I never met my boss. Wow. I got hired during COVID. And, oh. you know, like I got laid off like most of us did. Mm-hmm. And then July in 2020, I started a job. I never met anyone there. That works too. So, it's, but they were in Salt Lake City. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's why. Um, so it's nice because of that. Um, but yeah, we do have a lot of workspaces. Uh, that is nice. But yeah, I I, I like their, uh, it's the, the entrepreneurship, especially on the creative side is, is getting, even I'm noticing that it's growing, you know, and that's obviously not something that, that it's not my realm, mm-hmm. but I'm coming across more people like, obviously like, you know, like you, obviously Valerie, you know, I, I, I was at one of her events on Saturday. Like now I'm just finding these things to mm-hmm. just go to that. I, you know, just, you know, grab. we're like popping up more. Yeah. You know. the, they're just, it's now, uh, it's now turning into something that, you know, we can just discover new stuff that maybe we wouldn't have done a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but I think they're getting even better at things like that. And like shared spaces where everyone can kind of, yeah. you know, showcase their stuff. Absolutely. When you got here, was it a little disheartening when you kind of Googled and was like, there's not much of a scene? Yeah, kind of. But, um, also like this was pre COVID. Yeah. So I was going back to Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver for the events that I was doing. Like oh, I didn't okay. fully like give up on Canada and move here and be like, Oh, I'm not doing anything. Like I was, it was, it's only like if you fly, it's an hour. If you drive, it's like what? Three and a half, four hour drive. To yeah. Toronto. I found more times it was faster for me to just drive than going to the airport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're driving, it's really the it's closest major city. So I would just go back. Cause I knew like, um, like what time of years my fashion weeks that I was participating okay. in would be happening. And I would go back for a week or I would fly out to Vancouver to do like that week of events or whatever, you know, it was. And I would take people from Cleveland or I would be like, you know, you should come work with me in Canada and like convince them to come work with me um, in like the, uh, in my Canadian city. So I, in my mind, when I realized there was no fashion here for what I wanted, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to work in a normal nine to five hospital behavioral therapist type of role job. And then I'm going to go back to Canada, like, two to three times a year for the events that I do and you know visit my family and all that but like I'll just like that'll just be my thing right and it wasn't until COVID that I had to really be like oh the border's shut what if I can't go home 
Yeah. And if I can go home to visit my family, am I comfortable now helping produce events that are like multi hundred, sometimes multi thousand people attending with this thing in the world that we have no clue about? You know, it was that was when I really had to like, oh, okay, I'm in Cleveland. Like what? Like that's when I had to think like, what if I can't leave America? Yeah. Yeah, though that's. It's crazy what it that is. did to to a lot of us. Because in a way, you almost went back to when you first started on the fashion. That it was like kind of not your yes. side gig, but it was something you were. I like doing. just started all over again. Yeah, you almost with, just started where you were going back to Toronto. So you were kind of doing it more sporadically, not full time. Yeah, and then you're now. Kinda, I just knew like what I was committed to and what I was really yeah. invested in. So it was like, yeah, I guess so. But in Cleveland, yeah, I started like ground up again. Like, yeah, I had the. I had the knowledge, but there was no industry. So what was the point of having the knowledge? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was just kind of like... And then COVID hits. And then you're stuck in this city where we just throw footballs at each other and have triple that cheeseburgers. That was hard. <laughs> um, it was really hard because I was working in a hospital. I was a behavioral yeah. therapist. And I... <laughs> here's the funny thing, how life works. So I was working and I, I did not enjoy it. It was not what I expected. It just wasn't what I wanted with my life either. I was like newly married in this new city, had no friends and I was working and I was working so much where I didn't even like, I didn't have a life. Right. And that's not what I imagined. And that's not how in Canada we have a little bit more work life balance. And that's what I was expecting. Right. But I, that's not what I got here. So, um, through my first business, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try and throw like a very small, like women's oriented event, um, in Cleveland. And so I had quit my hospital job for this because i saw the potential of me going full-time in my business right quit was talking to a venue that next like within the next week and within the next two weeks we went into lockdown <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that's again it's it's in and, and, you know, we were talking about you know you being here in 2018 so still in the grand scheme of things still relatively new to cleveland yeah i, I would say like but i consider point, it three years that point was like year and a half yeah not even yeah, you, year and a half. Not even. I don't even say year and a half because I was traveling back and forth so much that yeah. until I applied for my green card is when you have to stay in the country. Like that's the okay. point where I was like, okay, that's where I think of where I started Cleveland. But I say five years because like 2018 is when I came. Sure, sure, sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't until that point where I was like, oh shoot. But that's so we we put that in perspective. That's um, that is what is it. So let's say, call it a year. Call it a year and a half at the most. Um, and you're in a city that you don't know anyone. Yeah. You, know you finally three, get a job. You finally get a job. Now you're finally experimenting. And now you're not allowed to go outside to try to meet someone, try something, mm -hmm. get something going. And you, and you quit you your go, job. <laughs> and you quit your job. And you can't go back to the thing that you were doing yeah. on the side. And you're just stuck at home. I was. I was absolutely. And I am a very social person. I really yeah. enjoy going out. So it was very interesting. Like all of a sudden. And if like my friends and people who know me in Canada know that I was that person. And I know everyone has that one friend that like is doing the most with their life. Yeah. Like you don't even know how they do everything and how they have time. Like that was me. Oh, yeah. I was studying full time. I was working in a research lab. I was teaching on Sundays. I was going to like religious and community events. I was having a social life and I was working in the fashion industry and volunteering. Like I was doing like those days and these days, there's got to be something going on here because that's not the same, you know, 24 hours I had. And so to come to Cleveland, cut that in half and then go into COVID and be like, wow, I have 24 hours to myself to think. Yeah. Wow. Like I never had that. And depending on who you are, that can be kind of dangerous. <laughs> 
Because I am, uh, I turned turned out I was pretty well built for uh, staying home all day, every single day. Me too. <laughs> and I started out, and then. But I didn't think I would be. I didn't either. I, for the first like two weeks, like I used to, I still call it like it was like that movie 28 Days Later. Because it, uh, it was also the time of year where it was dark outside at yeah, 4 o'clock. Yeah, it gets o'clock. so depressing here. Yeah, it gets. Like yeah. right now. Yeah, exactly. It's literally right, right now. now. It's so dark out. Yeah, it's, 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 it's dark when I wake up. Yeah. It's dark when I would be stopping work it's dark yes. when i go to sleep and i can't go outside and when i would go to the grocery store it's cold it's like everyone's it's like a zombie land where we're all just keeping like 40 feet apart from <laughs> each other we're buying you know canned foods and, yeah. and toilet Masks paper because and... that turned into currency and it was just a weird time and then april came and i was like i was really disheartening where i was like i'm actually okay with what i'm doing now which is sitting inside all day and then i was like uh, then I got I got really depressed. Mm, yeah, it I was, really really did. It was tough. Yeah, it was because I had like you know quit this job that was yeah. giving me consistent money, right? And then I obviously couldn't do my business because no one's buying jewelry during a pandemic because it was yeah. an online boutique. Um, so that's where I pivoted, and um, I don't talk about this business a lot. I don't talk about it on my socials a lot, but I have an accounting and bookkeeping business for women. Oh. That's what I did during COVID. So I, because I had met so many women-owned businesses, I realized a major thing that everybody was lacking was really um, confidence in their finances. And you will find in the U.S. we're horrible at that. And we, that's, there's so much potential to be great at it. it really, there, it's not that hard. Like, we, we make a lot of very simple, very easily fixable mistakes. Absolutely, but we all do them. Like they're, yes, they're. We're I'm really, always surprised. We're really, really bad, and it's in. I don't think the Canadians are any better, but like I definitely realized that because there were so many more like younger owned businesses, they were definitely running into money trouble that I yeah. think could have been easily avoided. And I mean, I had my own issues. That I oh, like yeah, overcame yeah, yeah. and had to realize like having to do my books and P&Ls and all of this stuff where I, I was like, okay, you know what? I really do want to help women like figure their stuff out when it comes to finances and be more confident in it. So that's, that was like my pivot where I was like, okay, I'm still going to be able to network with people and virtually work with them. And, you know, people need accounting and bookkeeping, totally, <laughs> especially yeah. during a pandemic. So no, I think that's a good, so I, that's one of the things that we're starting to see it a little bit more in the States, but like in high school, we don't have like just right. We basic, don't have the right education, we especially don't have women. Basic finance, mm-hmm. and especially like high school kids that are going to be going to college mm-hmm. have a credit shit card. Really starts falling apart for them, mm-hmm. and that's when they're just like, "Buy now, pay." Like, no, we've no. not figured that out yet. Yeah. It's weird, but that's when things really start, and people really dig themselves a hole with loans and things like that. And that's some schools are doing it. Like I think Connecticut does, Florida does. Like some of them are doing it and making that kind of like a requirement where they're you know. Just basic finance. I'm yeah. not talking about investing as a teenager. Like, yes, just like, just like basics. Hey, do you, yeah. do you know what ROI is? Do you know what like what net versus like you? Might, yeah. How many adults don't know? The do you difference know what a write off is? <laughs> have you seen Have yes. you seen Shit's Creek? Yeah, that's exactly. It's a write off. It's, it's like who's paying for it? The government. <laughs> so what's you write it? That's honestly, it's my, it's I've my I've rewatched scene. that scene because I've seen Shit's Creek. Beginning to end, probably. It's three Canadian. Times. Yes, yes, it <laughs> yeah. is. And uh, but yeah, I, every that, time I say write off, I think of that. And I'm like, that's I such a too. good example because a lot of people are like, you know, um, <laughs> obviously social media has a lot of different people, and some people are like, it's a write off, and I'm like, but do you know what that means? Yeah. No. <laughs> that's the other thing that we're big about in the states is we love using words that we don't know what they mean. Mm-hmm. So next time someone says something, you're like, 
Define that word. <laughs> I promise you it's going to get really awkward because we don't know what it means. Oh, my God. That's funny. I will absolutely ask them. Oh, yeah. I do it all the time. When someone somebody mentions something like, what does that mean? Like, well, what do you mean? Like, the word. Like, what does like, it mean? What does it mean? Like, would well, you not know? I'm like, no, I don't. What does it mean? <laughs> like, because just two dummies using a word that we don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's interesting. I think a lot of people think finances, um, especially women, is more scarier than it really needs to be. It can be very simple. and I agree. It's just, I think for some reason very intimidating for a lot of people so that's what i did during covid yeah um no that's good i like that i like one well i still do it but yeah yeah. well like (laughs) you said like you're a yeah i you got so stir crazy i have to do something you can't just sit in you know a lot of us got really comfortable and then uncomfortable in our skin sitting there doing nothing so and no we couldn't do anything about it we probably still could have handled it better (laughs) but we did not so let's 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 get to it. So we 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 finally come out of the dark ages in Cleveland, uh, literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> so when does uh when does everything kind of ramp up where you where you really start kind of getting things going? Because I know you said three years ago was your first kind of solo show in Cleveland. So from COVID to your first show, what couldn't have been that long? No, it was like right as soon as the restrictions were lifted. Okay, like so close that like the venue was not sure if I could have them on the people I needed to oh, have. Oh, okay. So this was a summer one, probably June or July then? It was actually June, yeah. Yeah, that, that right is on when the things dot. opened. Yeah. So we all remember when that opened yeah. and we all ran outside. Because Okay, I did account, Accounting Babes is the name right. of my bookkeeping and accounting business that I still do. So I did Accounting Babes during COVID and through that I realized as much as I love it, I really wanted more creative. And I had met so many women and just creatives and people in the industry and even not in the industry that were interested where i'm like okay as soon as we can i'm going to try something and thankfully cleveland came out of their dark ages i'm going to start calling it that that's That's great (laughs) um we came out of our dark ages a lot quicker than the rest of the states and january was when we were allowed to have i think like was it like up to 10 or 15 like 20 people in in gatherings something like that so in january i was like you know what Fashion Talks is the business. I'm going to try and do events and services. I'm going to see how it goes. And so in January, my mind was, I'm going to do this vision board workshop. And I'm going to be like, okay, if I do this vision board workshop, if I get a good response, if like 10 to 12 women come out and support and see what they think, I'm going to do a runway. And I did that in January. It actually worked out really well. I did it here in Lakewood, actually, at a co-working space called the collab um oh, and okay yeah love love maureen love that space super cool i know now she's like redone it but it's so beautiful so did a very small event and it was very successful and after that event and i'm pretty sure that was somewhere in the beginning or mid-gen i was like you know what i'm gonna do my first proper runway show i'm gonna do a fashion show it's gonna be 300 people that i want seated i want to showcase local and non-local designers who are going to create a collection, showcase it on the runway. We're going to have community members come out, watch the show, support them. We're going to have diverse models. We're going to have sponsors. We're going to have gift bags. We're going to have vendors. We're going to have a food truck. We're going to have charcuterie. Like we, like I'm going to do this. And this was me last week. And I remember so vividly because my husband thought I was crazy. Um, and he was like, last week of January to first week of Feb. I was like, I'm going to do this. I talked to, and when I looked at the people I already had met in Cleveland, I was like, oh, I kind of already know everyone that I would want to know or ask to be on the team. So like I had someone that I had met at a photo shoot where I was like, hey, do you want to help me with like model relations? Like, do you want to help manage models with me? She was like, absolutely. I had a photographer friend. I was like, hey, do you want to help like be my lead photographer and see if there's other photographers that want to come and 
you know, take photos. And I talked to someone, I was like, do you want to be my designer outreach person? Do you want to be like the stylist? Like, do you want to help with decor? Um, and it was funny because um, I had a videographer and he's amazing. And he did like these mini interviews with my first ever like group of people I put together. And he was like, you know, when Eamon reached out to you, what did you guys think? And I had reached out to them and they all, I guess, thought that like a normal person that, you know, in a few months I would reach out and we would start meetings. But the next week I was like, OK, first meetings on Wednesday. <laughs> Show's in June. Let's go. <laughs> we had like what? February, March, April, May, June. Right. But we were starting in February. So really... I want to say we had only really three months before like the show where we were actually like promoting because it took a while to get the website, get the socials up, get the team together, help everyone understand what the roles were, start doing the outreach. And, you know, by the time people respond to emails and you respond back, like two months are gone. Um, so, so I was going to say, like you say three months and I think people hear that they're like, Okay, that's a, it's no, not, it's not, that's actually not, not, that goes by real like fast. Like this, yeah, and we had to do model castings, designer fittings, sponsorship outreach, had to get the items they were coming from. We had a sponsor in South Korea send us stuff for the runway. It was oh, wow. wild, like we literally, it was all over. I had a designer that wanted to participate from Canada, but she couldn't because the borders were shut. So she, I went because I could cross borders as a Canadian and picked up her stuff and brought it back to showcase on the runway and she wasn't here for it. So it was like a whole production, like truly. And we did end up having 300 people seated and did have sponsors and vendors and all of that. And that was kind of like our like starting point. And since then it's been like, boom. Those are like nothing like what you just described. I've done live shows before, uh, 150 people tops, you know, so, but yeah, I, Everything that I have to do for those, it sounds like you did that, but like times 50. Because yeah. I have to get, obviously, acts. I have to sell tickets, venues, chairs, shit yeah, like so that. Yeah, so all of that. The social. But then well, you were just talking about, like, so you want to get sponsorships for business. Like, anyone just reach out to a business, even a business you know and that it's you're so kind hard. of friendly with. And it's not because they're doing it. You know, maliciously, they're running a business. Like you, there's ha a lot to think they're about. They're not going to. They're not going to respond that day or the next day. It might take a week for them to be like, "Sorry, uh, I just saw this. Let me get into it. I'll talk to you this weekend." Exactly. So already two weeks has passed before your first official or before they even know what you're doing. Sponsor, yes. Yeah. So it, that's what like, I mean. Like that time can go real fast. And then add on to the fact that. Now I'm the person in charge and I have a team of like eight and now I'm dealing with 50 plus models. I have like eight plus designers. Now think of photo team, hair and makeup team, photographer, videographer. There's just so like, yes, we had 300 people seated, but we had another like 150 backstage that I alone had to coordinate, you know? Yeah. So um, it was definitely. Yeah, that's and like so when that when it finally all comes together, I mean, are you just... I mean, it's got to feel good, but at the same time, it's, it's, is it more of a relief that you're like, I can't believe I got this all together. Can you even enjoy it? You're just happy that it's finally kind of done. <laughs> um, I think now, three years later, I've come to uh, enjoy and take a moment to, you know, be like, wow, like we did this and this has been accomplished and I'm grateful. But back then I was in that mindset of like, okay, what's next? How can I improve? Like I was already thinking of next year's while that runway. And I always am, but like I was already thinking about like, okay, now what are we going to do? How are we going to respond after this and all of that? But I definitely like took a moment because I remember my, one of my team members came up to me and he was like, you know, 
I knew you had a vision and I believed in it, but I had actually never seen any of the work you've done in Canada. And now that I'm here seeing the runway, I'm like, I see what you were saying. And I was like, oh, I had never even showed my team what I had done in Canada. I just told them about it. I never thought to like actually show them photos and videos of my previous work. They just kind of believed in me and my vision and went with it. And then we created this amazing thing. You here. talk confidently enough. People believe yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I, I was just like very confident. I knew what I was doing. And like, I was like, you know, to me, when I work with somebody, I Google them. I check their Instagram. I check their LinkedIn. I check up on like to make sure they're not like a serial killer or something. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but I had assumed my team would have looked up my previous work because it was like all out there but they just didn't and i realized a lot of people don't do that so um i was like yeah i guess you believed in it and thank you for that and like look at what we've created good i'm glad that's uh so when you're doing like you're talking about how you're already thinking about the next event so if as this event is happening are you seeing things kind of transpire are you, are you thinking like oh next oh, time yeah. around are you Absolutely. are you constantly yeah, you looking know at why because okay canada is such a different audience I, How so? They already know what fashion is in terms oh, of... Oh, okay. Well, there like, wasn't really a scene. Yes. Okay. Right? So that was another thing in Cleveland. Like when I was doing this show and getting ready and marketing and one of the major things was people didn't understand what we were doing. Like when I said, oh, I'm doing a runway show or a fashion show, they're like, where are you getting the clothes? And I'm like, no, I'm not the one getting the clothes. Like I'm producing this. It's a whole production. It's a whole thing. Like you've got to come and it's an experience, right? So... For me, doing that show was a test of, are people even going to come and understand what we're doing? Are they going to be open to seeing this as like something that's sustainable and, you know, supporting local businesses and the designers and the models? Like it was more of, is it going to work? And then I was like, okay, now I know it works. What parts didn't work and what parts do we need to do better? Okay. Yeah, that's a, kind of got that vibe when you were talking, when you're like, I'm already looking at the mm -hmm. next show. And I feel like if you're looking at the next show, that means you're looking at the current show. You're like, that could work somewhere else or that mm -hmm. shouldn't work or I got to tweak that. Even or like how long it took, yeah. you know, the day of. Yeah. Because we have our own hair and makeup team and we have 58 models. We had to figure out what time in the morning they had to start. I think we started at 8 or 9 a.m. and I realized we need to start earlier to get them all ready by 3 p.m. Oh, yeah. I didn't like, think about that. There's... Yeah, like, or or even, like, how many hair and makeup people I need per model. Like, I you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, you, everyone gets 30 minutes. But I'm like, no, everybody works different speeds and there's different makeup and there's different hair. Like, what if it takes them an hour on one girl? Then what? We're behind, you know, like, all of that was, like, a test in that first show where I was like, the fact that it even started a little late but kind of on time, that was a huge deal. I was like, okay. Now I know what we need to try and do the night before versus the day of. Like, you know, it was just a lot of. Yeah. And I didn't think, and that's another thing. I never thought about that. Yeah. So if you're, say your show is at six o'clock on a Saturday, your show doesn't start at six o'clock on a Saturday. It probably starts at 10 o'clock or noon the day before, as far as your final stages, as far as that show the next day. Yeah, that's what we try to do now. Now we try to have the venue set a day or two before, and then models have to get in by 8 a.m. that our team is in by 7 a.m. to set up for hair and makeup. Are venues hard to come by for, for 300 plus people? Because I'm, I'm thinking about where I know that there mm -hmm. are places that can yeah. and there's probably places I'm not thinking about where you can do that. Thing like, is, in Canada, there are places that are for shows because okay. we have the industry, right? In Cleveland, it was me going out and being like, would this work? Does this have backstage? Does this have X, right? Yeah. And 
there are places that can accommodate enough people, but like it might not be the right setup for a runway show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. just because they accommodate for 300 in that room doesn't mean they can accommodate 150 in a second room, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, because we're not, 300 is seated, right? We're not talking about the backstage team. We're not talking or about the, the models, the designers, the, so the clothing. There's six hundred people there. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. So <laughs> it's like so when I when venues ask me like, yeah, what's our limit is this? I'm like, I understand that's your limit, but like, what about the people working, right? Like, what about my volunteers and photographers and the people who are not in a chair? Like, how many of that can you accommodate? Like, yes, you have a bridal room, but can I put fifty people in that bridal room? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. for example, a lot of venues in Cleveland are catered towards weddings, um, but I always do try to look for more unique venues, especially because ven- we do a lot for um, diversity and inclusion, and we try to look for venues that maybe like people of color haven't traditionally have have had access to or seen themselves in. So, like you know, we've done the museum, we've done Severance Hall, the orchestra. So these are traditionally, you know white spaces where maybe a lot of people of color haven't had access to so it's interesting to have our audience that is very diverse come into these spaces and see themselves in it too and then be like oh yeah you know what maybe i will come here with my family yeah yeah yeah. that's a really i didn't think of that that's yeah a- I, that's something we never i feel like i should mention it more but like a lot of these places want us in there because they know we'll attract a younger more diverse well not per se just younger but like you know a more diverse audience where it's a larger crowd i, I exactly yeah yeah I, lauren and i like so lauren came to a show of mine last week and half the people that were at the show it was it was at flight cleveland this wine bar and oh i've is, heard of it i've never been there it's an amazing place and i know the owner she's an amazing person and half the people were like i didn't even know this place exists i can't wait to come back and my mm-hmm. friend Lindsay, who owns it, it's like thank you you probably just got me maybe 10 new customers that are just gonna at the very least come check this out so that's yeah that's another great and that's a good cleveland's good about the networking part of that mm-hmm. too i think that they 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 do see a lot of we can both benefit from this scenarios. And I think there are a lot of older institutions in Cleveland that realize they need to attract a younger and more diverse audience. So they're like, okay, well, this is a out of the box way to do it. Why not? Well, especially again, not to keep going back to the, the a lot of businesses have had to pivot after COVID. Yeah, They're just different. They have to. Um, And if you don't like, we're very much in a realm where if you don't, kind of evolve you kind of you die. don't diversify yeah you you're, have you're to. losing a lot of voices you're losing a lot of audience at the end of the day you're losing a lot of money yeah think about all the people i mean i i, I do know a couple of places that are that that think that way that uh, you know, we like our regulars but we're also thinking about how many people have just never been here how many yeah. people don't even know it exists yeah. like the regulars are great the regulars keep you going that's your consistent yeah right that, but like what are you your... going to do about growing yeah growth yeah and, you know maybe you don't want to maybe you do but, but like, like what if you don't have your regulars you need a backup plan yeah your, your regulars the regulars that i mean uh, it's good to have you yeah. know there are places that i go to a lot that i like i wouldn't call myself a regular <laughs> a regular means like going there once a week yeah <laughs> you know my regular places are like once every two months and I still consider myself, that's one of my spots. Yeah. But that's, there's so much, there's so many options here. So. Yeah. And you want to try other stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, um, so you said kind of after this first one, it really kind of snowballed, which is great. So what has it been like, like the last three two years. and a half years, two three half years, years yeah. you know, kind of, from your first one to where it is now? I mean, are you back in your space of there's just not enough time in the day? Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. I'm so happy. Which you love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I know people are like, how do you do it? You must be so stressed. You have like, you know, accounting, a biz- accounting business, you do influencer stuff, you do this and you travel. I'm like, I love it. Like, yeah. this is the life. Like, 
I, I definitely don't think I'm as busy as I was in Toronto and I don't know if I'll ever be able to match that but I'm very happy to be busy but after that first one we really um snowballed again and it grew and the community supported us and um, we did other events and we did external events like we have helped others do their own runway shows oh, as well so nice. I know I'm not into sports but we did like a all-star runway during the NBA all-star season for a designer that came from LA she did like a collection around mental health for athletes and they wanted to do a runway fundraiser with um ohio guidestone oh, right. so we did that for them that was really cool you know um so got to work with some like celebrities in cleveland around that time and we just did the football hall of fame we did a fashion show with them for their uh they have this whole like day during the hall of fame ceremonies and mm -hmm. stuff so again it, it, i'm getting into this sports and fashion scene it seems but it's been really interesting of not only helping others but like doing our own events and now we just did our third runway at severance hall this june um which was amazing last year we did it at the cleveland museum of art um that was our largest one but it's been very interesting like from seeing the growth of the runway of uh, the community supporting it and kind of seeing a a larger community being built around this creative industry here um and being able to connect people with the people they're looking for like I've grown Fashion Talks and now um, actually just in October, we launched our foundation, which is the Fashion Talks Foundation. It's a nonprofit. So we're going to hopefully be able to give back more and do more program programming and help um, businesses really elevate in terms of whether it's funding or mentorship or just, you know, things they need help with. Um, but we hope to do it at a national level. So connect like Cleveland with like New York and other cities and other spaces. So like you said, you need to grow. Like, yes, you're constant is cleveland but you still need to look beyond well there's no reason you can yeah I mean, when you were in toronto did you ever think you were going to be doing a fashion show at the canton football hall of fame no i didn't even i did not <laughs> even know, know it, it was. was a thing until um the first time i heard it was actually because of stephanie yeah. oh was it yeah because she is their um host Oh, yeah, she is. So she she told them about me. They called me and um, I couldn't do it the first year because uh, like it was too close. But I gave them some advice. OK, hear me out. I don't know about sports. Right. So I didn't know what they were. I didn't realize how big they were. So I'm on this phone call with these ladies who now I realize were like the heads of these departments. And they told me what they did for their show. And I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> straight up i was like listen i was like you guys need to do this this and this and you're gonna be able to save money here and you'll be able to do this and you'll be able and they fully took my advice and they yeah. did it and the next year they reached out to me and they're like we just want you to know that we implemented the things you told us on that phone call and we were able to see the results and we still want to work with you this year and then i was like sure i'd love to work with you this year because i had the time and it was like much far in advance and i worked with them and i realized i was like oh this is a lot bigger than i thought and I don't know who I gave that advice to, but God bless them for not getting mad at me. <laughs> well, they, they, they again, you, you, you know what you're doing. Yeah, I genuinely just wanted to help them because they were trying their best, but no one was from fashion. And there were some, uh, just the smallest implementations that they changed where it just made it easier for them. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was just really interesting because now I realized. in turn, that may have, that, that yeah. may have created more events because now they're now they're like look at the money we've saved how much smoother now they might do more events more possible events for you or for other people yeah. that maybe wouldn't yeah. get a chance to do that just by those little things yeah just by passing on hey here are some simple yeah. things that you can do to make this cheaper smoother better yeah and, and diver they wanted fun. to diversify and i was like easy do this and yeah. they they did it and they they literally called like the next year when we had the call they were like yeah we did the way you told us and we actually had a great 
response in diverse models and we're so happy and I'm like you know what I'm so great to hear that and I'm I'm glad that like you know you took my advice because sometimes it's hard like when you're talking to corporations oh, yeah. you know they have to also follow like donor rules and what the boards want and it, it is hard sometimes to bring change but if they're serious about it they'll do it and sometimes it does take someone from like an outside point of view to tell you what you need um and because we might see it and you might not right C- so. completely and that that's if you look so that's very hard for i think some people to take mm-hmm. um especially like i think on the corporate side i don't know if i would count that organization as corporate but it might be because I, it is a large one yes but some corporate places will sometimes hire consultants and a consultant exactly. will come in and is like what are you doing so i guess i'm i also do like consulting work i guess for businesses yeah where it's like okay this is how you can diversify. This is how you can yes. be more inclusive. Yes, you can do something with fashion. You might not have anything to do with it, but you might attract the right clients, right? Yeah. Like you'd be surprised. We have a lot of like what people would say are not fashion related businesses that want to be in front of our audience because our audience is a diverse audience of many different ages that likes to spend money and support locally. And that's great for a lot of businesses. So, yeah. yeah. So what do you... I, if if you had to describe like like one of your shows, like someone never been to one before, mm. not that you want to talk them into it, but what do they get out of going to it? Like just like, even yeah. like as like a spectator, yeah. Like how would you describe like kind of like the experience? So I would say that you get to come and you will be able to experience an amazing evening of not only watching a fashion show, you get to meet other like-minded individuals, creatives, um, people not from the creative industry. You get really networking is huge. Um, you get to, you know, shop from local vendors that maybe you never knew about before. Um, you get some great food, maybe some mocktails. Um, you get a gift bag if you're a VIP, which has local and like national, like sponsors have donated to it. There's always something cool happening. Um, we have a ballet performance in the beginning of our show, which is really cool. A lot of people haven't experienced it, but like it's a beautiful ballet performance. Um, our DJ is great. Um, and you see this runway show of like models and designers. And that's usually what pulls people is they want a reason to dress up. Cause I feel like in Cleveland, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't really get to dress up a lot. Even when people say like dress up, it's not really, people still show up business casual. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not really like, where am I going to wear that outfit where it's like people aren't going to be like, oh, that's too much. And my shows and my events have turned out to be those venues where people are like, OK, I'm going to grab my friends or grab my husband. We're going to dress up and we're going to go for this amazing evening of like not only is it a great, you know, production that I get to see, but also meet other people and network and support the community and just have a good time. That conversations happened in my home where my wife's like, I really love this dress, but where am I going to wear yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should figure something out. You guys out. can come to a show. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I like the, uh, the the almost like a variety of things. It's just again, a different think, experience. You yeah. think fashion show. I, I think most of us that don't know any better think of the runway, you know, the, the, the stuff that we have seen in reels or online, but then to think that, you know, the food and drinks and, and uh, the, the ballet community. performance. It's really a community you know, social I, aspect as well. Well, you, you, you described kind of like a honestly. You described kind of like a Cleveland event, is you know, you know the, the 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 food trucks, the outside vendors because we love that and like I can when us in the community that are going to events, we find out that you know like like the the food trucks or the different vendors or you know local artists yes. or, or the people that we like and do support. Like oh that's awesome and just like you said, you're gonna go there and you're. I, I do all the time. I find ones that I'm like. 
I don't think I would have known about that person who's very, very talented, who I really want to get to know and, and support and things like that, yeah. and start following them around. I do that with food vendors a lot. Yeah. I follow them around. Like food we're, is we're a lot easier to not do. Not stalk-wise. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, you're going to be near me? Oh, I want to see like, if I can yes. get down there. Like you know, the, 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 the city, the people in the city will support things like that. And when they're in those kind of like mixed environments where there's a lot going on, I think there's a huge opportunity for them to see something that a they maybe wouldn't have seen or maybe didn't even know that they would yeah. have been into. Yeah. So that's I think cool. it's it's a very like oh I've never seen a runway show before and then they come and they're like wow like this is not what I expected like this was amazing that I met like these amazing vendors or I might have bought a gift for somebody and even like when I say designers a lot of people think like oh it's like super crazy expensive and I can't afford it and I'm like no there's levels like there are actually yeah. local designers that maybe you want them to make you something right there's for example there's a designer that showcased this year um her name her brand's name is back to you designs her name is dana she takes um like quilts and other materials and can make them into something for you so a lot of people will bring her like a vintage quilt or a quilt maybe that's been in their family for a while she'll turn it into a coat for them or like oh. a sweater or something and so like you know something like that like how would you have known about her or or even that well, that was even possible that was even po exactly yeah. it's just like a whole other way of thinking and it's just a new experience and you come and maybe like okay uh, maybe i don't like this it's fine maybe i want to support the the vendors or maybe oh my god i love this like i want to come back with my friends and family next year you know yeah, yeah, yeah. i like that i really do yeah. i think that's a really cool I, I think you created a cleveland event i'm not even sure you were trying to but but, that, <laughs> but, but what you described are things that a lot of us especially in the last couple of years like going to the, i think the, i'm trying those... to create a community and yeah. I'm, I'm slowly seeing it come together and i think that's what makes me happy it's i might not stop at my events and think wow this was successful because for me i know i can do better because i've done better in toronto because i had all the resources right yeah. whereas in cleveland it's a little harder but when i when i hear stories or like when i hear people be like oh like i hired this person because i met them through your event or i got to know this person i'm ordering from, that makes me like okay we're creating a community yeah yeah there's a lot again a lot of that I don't do nearly at the level you have, but I've been able to just from this meet people and someone's like, I wish I knew someone like Mike. Oh, I actually know yeah. someone that does. You could that. probably throw an event like a nice little event with all your podcast guests, and it would be a whole networking thing. That's what that's what our live shows are. They're actually they we start with a a comic that's been a guest, two guests that have been guests, and then a musical guest that's been a guest. So yeah. they're all past guests. Exactly. It's a it's a lot of fun. Um, well, th this was. This was, I kind of knew what I was getting into when I was going to talk to you. Obviously, I don't know you personally, yeah. you know, up until two hours ago. Um, but the, I learned a lot, not just about you, but about really just about like the industry and the things that, uh, things that I just didn't know about. I and think there's just things you don't realize until you talk to someone no, or experience No, 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 you them, don't. Yeah. And that's the, 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 the cool thing about getting to kind of get to know someone that's doing something different that I maybe normally wouldn't have come across. But thank God I do know people like Lauren that can be like, no, yeah, yeah. You want to <laughs> definitely talk to that person. So, um, I really am glad that you decided to come and, and just kind of hang out and kind of tell me your story a little bit. I hope you had fun. I did. I think this was really fun. And, um, I like that it wasn't like super structured because we had like a you know a nice oh, conversation. Yeah, no. I promise you, you yeah. will never ever hear a structured episode come out of me. <laughs> love it's, that. This is the best way to do it. Like yeah. talk for twenty minutes before we even get started. Yeah, so. and I, I love doing like talks or podcasts with maybe people that might not know about my industry because obviously your audience is going to learn a lot more. And it's those are kind of the people that I want. Like come check out our events because you'd be surprised. You might just really like it. Hey, I I, I think so too. The, the, <laughs> that's the the diverse group of people that come on here. That's the exact reason. Because selfishly, I do like to meet new people, mm -hmm. but hopefully that uh, that's something that. 
can put them out and kind of get everyone else a couple new fans too. So well, where can everybody find your stuff? Yeah, for sure. So you can find us on Instagram um, under Eamon Ali Fashion Talks or the Fashion Talks Foundation. You can find our website. You could Google us. Um, our big runway show every year is in June. This year will be June again. We don't have a date yet, but we're working on it. Um, and then we have a lot of other, um, you know, give backs and programs coming with our foundation. So if you ever want to even be a part or volunteer, um, just send us a DM or an email. Awesome. Well, they do. I hope they do. And I think <laughs> they will. Um, so thank you again for coming. I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you. It. Thank you for uh, having me. I do appreciate everyone that's listening. Um, next live show is going to be in Akron at Musica. Uh, kind of just f- confirmed the date like an hour ago or two hours ago. Uh, so right before uh, right before my my beautiful guest got here. So uh, excited about that. More details to come on that. But it'll just be like everything that I just described. So we're going to have some former guests that are going to be, you know, kind of performing music, comedy, everything. Um, it's going to be a, a, a nonprofit event, too, partnering with the Gladiator Project, too. So hope everyone can come. As soon as the event brights up, I'll post it out there. So please look for it. So I hope everybody has a really good, fun, and safe relaxing holiday or not relaxing holiday. I don't know. It's, it's different for everybody. So, but thank you again. I appreciate you coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me.